Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Fancy Fitbar Pod. We are the podcast that talks about Scottish football, World Cup, playoff, Scottish football, through the unique lens of fantasy football. My name is John and I'm joined as ever by Scobie, who's actually just back from a trip from Denmark. And Scobie, the only reason I think I can work out why you've gone there was to slag them off and ask them how about that Che Adams clincher. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was fortuitous timing, having been out of the game as well, to then get to... I actually just flew over there to, to rub it in their face. I just thought, bugger it. Get over there. See those really nice Danes who uh, who decided to stay in Hamden and have a good boogie with us after the game. Um, impressive stuff. No, it was good. It was good. They, they seem to be big fans of Scotland over there, and you can see why. Yes, yeah, exactly. No, yeah, yeah, no. Well, we're going to touch, obviously, we haven't spoken in a while, listeners, so we're going to touch briefly. You know, Scobie, you were obviously at the game against Denmark, secured us a nice seeded playoff for March. It's exciting times, isn't it? It's so exciting. But then, of course, classic Scotland style. Um, through no fault of our own, Italy and uh, Portugal have decided to jump in at the last minute and join us for this for this playoff run. So what can we do? What can we do? But no, it was amazing. Amazing atmosphere of the game. Great performance. We won't go into it too much. It's, it's ancient history now, but it was um, it was lovely stuff. The only thing I'd point out, John Suter, what a performance, what a man. Um, a real a fantasy football Scotland um, tenuous link that we'll make there. Um, but, you know, he's there and he's played well. Um, the clean sheet and the goal. Just great to see him back. Uh, Well-deserved after the season he's had so far. But, yes. Um, it has been a while. It has been a while. Good to be back on the pod. Do I look happy? Do I look settled? <laughs> Don't ask silly questions then, Scooby. <laughs> what else has happened since we've been away, John? What else could you be referring to? Oh, I don't know. I mean, shall we save the fact that Stephen Gerrard has gone south and the sea um, across Glasgow has been uh, amusing for everyone to look at? Who knew there were so many cardboard cutouts of a, a once Liverpool legend uh, sitting in, you know, 40-something-year-old men's living rooms? <laughs> Some fantastic content right the way, right the way across the Twitter sphere. <laughs> uh, but it was, a, you know, I don't think any of us saw it coming as quickly as it, as it did. Um, I thought it was perhaps a strange point in the season, but um, I think taking a step back and looking at it, you can understand why he's done it. His stock is very high at the moment, rightly so. Um, Aston Villa are a big club. There's an opportunity there for him to, to, to rebuild that club. And obviously he's got off to a flying start. I don't know if you saw the game um, at the Might weekend. But Brighton. Coming, coming with some energy. Um, <laughs> flying <laughs> start. Energy. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, Luke, we'll come on to that how we're going to cut this up listeners part one we're actually hot off the press we have news from Dingwall that I don't think anyone was expecting so we'll dive into that game we're then going to chat about the League Cup semi-finals at the weekend and what that means you know going for the cinch going forward I think we're just going to have to rip up the script that we were thinking about discussing from a hip's perspective there Scobie Uh, and then part two um, I was actually discussing with Scobie you know off air um, beforehand saying we do a little bit of a preview going into part two of the of the weekend's fixtures but Scobie's promised me a deep dive into uh, November <laughs> so I didn't ask for it listeners so you- which is an oxymoron in itself John because November's been 
the latest month of Scottish footballing fixtures, mm. um, I think, in the, in the last few years. But anyway. Right. There you go. There you go. And part three, we'll, 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 we'll cut a bit. Um, all right. So, right. Hot off the press. Ross County have beaten the Hibs 1-0. Blair Spittle, it was, a, it was a cross come shot. You know, one of those into that dangerous corridor of uncertainty, Scobie. That's actually Spittle's fourth goal of the season. So he's a nice little returner for fantasy football Scotland managers. Um, I mean, Hibs, you know, came off that huge win in the, uh, on Sunday in the League Cup semi-final, 3-1 against Rangers. Martin Boyle, hat-trick in the first half. So we're thinking, right, everyone's on Martin Boyle. I had him as vice-captain. What does he do and do? He not only doesn't score, he goes and gets himself sent off in the 95th minute. <laughs> you just couldn't, you can't write it with this. I've made a habit in general throughout my life of, um, when it comes to betting, I never bet on Hibs. I also never bet on Hearts. You never bet on your own team. Mm. I never bet on Hibs because they'll always screw up the pet <laughs> slip. Um, and it feels a little bit like that. It's sort of like, you know, of course they did. It, everything was set up for them to succeed. They've not played an awful lot of football. They come back off the international break. They looked great against Rangers at the weekend. Even Nisbet looked good. Mm. Uh, Dodge was back. The return of Dodge, who talking to his fans, I think people felt like Nisbet's missed him, he's been missed in terms of what, what his role is in that side you know happy days mm-hmm. and then they lose to Ross County It is just, it's mental isn't it and it, and, the, and you know, Christian George also, yeah, Christian George also got sent off tonight, yeah. so he's in suspensions and um, you know, Hibs have got something like 10 or 11 games in the next 42 days, so there was already talk of this, how's this squad going to manage this fixture pile up Mm-hmm. And now they've gone and got two of their best striker, well, two brilliant strikers in the cinch. Uh, you know, they're going to be suspended for at least a game each. Uh, you know, Do- Dodge being sent off for a pretty bad tackle, I think, on the yeah. county player. And then, and, Boyle, aye, and then Boyle's been sent off for dissent after the game. So, you know, that's going to be at least a one-two game ban there. And when we were thinking about pivoting into Hibs' assets from fantasy football Scotland managers with the build-up of these double game weeks... They've just gone and torn us right. a, a new one. Yeah. Well-made plans and all that. I mean, so what I'd done, and I think, I'd assume I wasn't alone in this, um, is I'd gone subbing out Jota for Boyle. Thought, you know, even mm-hmm. if it's a one-week rental, bring him in, hold the value back to Jota, you know, what could possibly go wrong? I might even hold him for two weeks because I like the fixture. So mm-hmm. in Aberdeen, you know, maybe that's not one to go for. Nah, that's just all gone to pot. So, yeah. <laughs> and look, and a serious note for Hibs, it's another loss. It's their fourth in a row. That terrible run continues. Fifth, fifth, fifth straight in the in the row in the fifth cinch. Straight, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, fifth mm-hmm. in a row. Shocking, yeah. stuff. shocking stuff. Yeah. Um, Flip it slightly. You would talk about County. That's their first win at home since May. Yeah, uh, we've you know we've talked heavily about how we like these midfield assets of you know sort of the Blair Spittles of the world and the and the Charles Cooks of the world. So they're gathering that little bit of form, and it's got them right in touching distance. Actually, now they're only one point off Dundee mm-hmm. uh, going going into uh, the sort of you know the Christmas period, shall we call this uh, fixture bit. So but for for being the bottom of the table, it's actually interesting how popular uh, some of their midfield players are, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. But I think, you know, you can see some value there. I had Callahan for a while. I actually decided to sub out Goldwood Woodburn, but, you know, it felt like it felt like results were coming for County, um, you know, since since they got that first win, since they broke the duck. So then 
Here we go, another one tonight. Perfect timing going into December. Can they go in and, and kind of ruffle some feathers in terms of the fixtures um, over mm. the next month? Very good, very good. So so I suppose then we'll talk a little bit about the League Cup semi-finals, Scobie. And yeah, we've, we've touched on how good Hibs were. I mean, it was I thought Jack Ross got his tactically spot on in their 3-1 win. He came out so attacking. They really went after Rangers, played a really high line, and Boyle was magnificent. And I was ready to talk about how you know, he is definitely the best attacker outside the old firm. I kind of hate that phrase. Um, I actually, you know, don't really like saying it myself. I've been sick in my mouth a little bit actually just saying that. <laughs> uh, so we'll just call him but probably, you know, top top three attackers in, in the cinch. But he's now going to go to a suspended stupid bastard um, and, and maybe lose my way slightly here. I suppose if you flip it, um, Scobie, Rangers, they, look, they, looked, they looked poor. They, they, they surrendered, shall we say. And... Um, you know, Giovanni Van Stonchhorst looking on from the sidelines will be uh, knowing that he's got his work cut out with uh, this sort of lab- laborious display that they put on at Hampden. He does, and he comes into, um, you know, as we've said, this, we'll touch on it again, we'll touch on it many times, maybe we'll look at it more next week. December is going to be um, just an outrageous month of football. I don't know how we'll fit in amongst it with podcasts, John, but we'll try our bloody best. We're going to be having to get in the shed, aren't we? We are. I think we've got to move into the shed for the month uh, of December. <laughs> Jerry can bring us our teas. Um, it'll be good times. Your yeah, tough, tough fixtures. If you look at who Rangers have got now, you've got Hibs on the 1st of December coming through. You know, there's easier games dotted in amongst that. They've got Hearts um, at Tynecastle. Um, got Dundee United. They've got Aberdeen at Pataudry. There's a lot of football there to be played it's um it's yeah baptism of fire springs to mind mm-hmm. i think that so the only decision or that i sort of seen that he's made so far is he's kept tav as captain uh club captain which you know fairly standard wouldn't have thought anything too controversial there so you know he stays in my team from a fantasy football scotland perspective but the rest of them i think it's a hold and wait kind of job isn't it just to make yeah. sure to see what kind of um formation he does fall on because i mean the team selection at the weekend i thought was really poor they went with such a ineffective midfield three one that they known they know doesn't get them goals and uh, that, that's that's clearly what happened yeah exactly and the thing is that rangers also sort of looked like they begin to sort of hit their goal-scoring stride a little bit. You know, the 6-1 mm. over Motherwell, the 4-2 over County, 10 goals, two games. Aribo's playing well, contributing uh, goals and assists. Um, it's, yeah. It wasn't consistent as to where it was coming from, but there was goals in that team, however yeah. however they couldn't kind of skin that cat. Um, now, yeah, I don't know, definitely holding on to the likes of Tav, but when I think you're sort of feeling like finally you're going to maybe start moving in to invest a bit more in Rangers assets. Yeah. Um, I think now we're going to hold that thought and see what happens. But it could be really exciting. It could, again, just throw the cat amongst the pigeons, so uh-huh. to speak, and um, from a fantasy point of view, maybe open up some interesting options. Who's going to be Geo's Geo's boys that you might want to run with? The cats have certainly been cutting about the pigeons this season in the sense. They've been absolutely... I think the cats have had all the pigeons. Right, Stop talking about as much love pigeons. As everyone knows, stop. Who's your dudes? A pecking, I can. Let's let's just uh, before we uh, get to the end of part one, uh, let's let's touch on Saturday's uh, League Cup semi final. Now it's going to be the last time St Johnston lost a cup game. Corona was just a beer. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, I know, I know. And uh, look, they almost did it again. You thought it was going that way. 
and what an unlikely goal scorer coming off yeah. the bench. James Forrest, the ghost of James Forrest. It is, and it's quite exciting, actually. You know, if he does get some form, it just adds that bit of competition to Steve Clark's squad come March, especially if we've seen as that wee rat Ryan Fraser will not be touching our squad anymore after pulling out and then fanning about on the Newcastle training pitch. But sorry, I'm getting um, carried away with that. Uh, he just riles me. Um, other points in this game, I thought, you know, Jota picked up man of the match. He has been um, nothing short of a revelation since he's joined Celtic. Um, I've seen some some rumours that they're trying to get him, well, obviously trying to get him to sign permanently. There was a little clue in, um, there was a picture of Ange and he was like dressed as Santa or something and he had letters and one of them said Jota. So all the Celtic fans have, have got stoners and excitement about thinking that that's a contract that's going to him. You know, this guy's got four goals this season in the cinch. He's got four assists from nine appearances. So you're getting an attacking return out of him pretty much every game. He's in my team. And I think you should be in everyone's team going forward, especially, um, you know, Celtic seems to have a nice bit of momentum behind them just now. Um, the way that they're going. Uh, who have they got at the weekend? They have, you know, Aberdeen, so that'll be an easy three points for them. <laughs> <laughs> and then they've, they've, they've got the JTs at home um, and United, but, you know, Celtic attacking, you just feel like they're going to score goals. Yeah, absolutely. You do. We'll go into a little bit more, but it's, it's actually just sort of, it's again that question of uh, how can you fit them all in? You know, mm. your Jotas, your uh, Furhashis, and your, mm. and your Turnbull, arguably, but, but actually it's Turnbull now becoming a bit of a wasted space. When there's other options there at the back, so yeah, Jota. I mean, obviously, caps it off in 19 points uh, against Dundee in his last outing in the Cinch. Just stunning stuff. Two goals and assist. Three mm. bonus points. Ooh. Lovely. Ooh. How's your dinner? Oh, my dinner's good with him. Um, and then from St Johnston' point of view, you know they, they've they've just been so solid at returning uh, clean sheets this season. Overall, they've got um, five. Uh, clean sheets this season at 13 game weeks, which is actually pretty good because there's not been too many clean sheets across the league. Xander Clark is the top goalkeeping point scorer. So I recommend getting our St Johnston defensive asset in, especially, you know, they've now got Hibs at the weekend. Obviously, Hibs would now have two strikers down. Uh, Dundee away, clean sheet. County at home, clean sheet. You know, you could see the Super Jays going on a wee run here. Then they've got Aberdeen, clean sheet. Yeah, you, could, I, you, know. you know, Motherwell, I think St. Johnston might not concede another goal until the 2022. <laughs> That's your bold call for December. Uh, I think the only thing that really puts pressure on that, uh, the fact that May's out, Middleton's out, I mm. think Wallace's going to be out. So the attacking options are letting them down. I think they've brought in uh, someone on a short-term loan, former Birmingham City Wigan player was announced today. Um, Viv Solomon Otabor. Um, oh, but, you know, I think he's just having to make some reinforcements because he's very much short on body. So how mm-hmm. much does it, does that defence have to do to soak up the pressure? Yeah, yeah, you're totally right because it's not just the goal scorer that's taken away there, but it's the attacking play. You know, Chris Kane, you know, but I brought him into my fantasy football Scotland team after his brace. He scored no goals in about five games and then got sent off last weekend. I mean, talk about kicking me in the, in the gonads, Charles. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think that's the... That's a square kick. In the yeah, game. yeah. Right in the Divina, McCall's. Right in the Costa del Sol's. And like that, we will get out of part one.
Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's Fantasy Fitbar pod. We're back in the hoose this week, guys, after being absent for a couple of weeks. Do apologise. Scobie, you have told me this won't be a deep dive, so listeners, you know who to blame if you go to sleep. <laughs> Thanks. I was too proud of my part twos, John, but uh, <laughs> way, to, way, to, way to kick me off with a, with a, with a square kick in the Uh And no, look, November's been a weird month. We've not been around, but of all the months... Um, of, of Scottish football to um, to to maybe take a back seat. This is the one because there have been just nine Scottish Premiership matches played this month, and there's barely a week left. We've talked about the December madness coming up. This one's been a strange month, sidelined a little bit by COVID call-offs, and of course the international window, which I think has had an impact on a number of teams. So, quick recap: what? has happened. Who's been the winners? Who've been the losers? Motherwell, I would say John have been the real winners so far. Uh, oh, a couple of 2-0 victories against uh, yours truly. Uh, Hearts and Aberdeen, of course, bouncing back from that um, 6-1 mauling. Mm. Um, I do remember you, Scobie, last time we spoke as well, saying that you struggled to see Motherwell winning from any of their uh, future five fixtures. If I'm not I did. Uh, I think if we, um, if I look back at my notes, um, yeah, I said, look, lost at sea and uh, <laughs> I have a mess for Graham Alexander's men. How has it gone so wrong so quickly? Say <laughs> 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 what the singe is good at, making you look like an absolute mother. Uh, not man. that I can help with that, of course. <laughs> all that joke before you make it. This year, yeah. Um, yeah, the sooner that we don't um, get hung up on our predictions and too sad about how dreadful we are um, knowing and forecasting what's going to happen in the cinch, the, the, the happier we all are, definitely. Who would do a podcast about the cinch this season, honestly? Oh. Who would be mad enough to do that? Uh, Motherwell, look, great. And they, they just, uh, against Hearts, I can come on to Hearts later, but they were very, very good at doing what they were doing early in the season. They were playing mm. with intensity, full of attacking promise. They were tight at the back. They were physical. Two clean sheets against two sides that were kind of starting to score goals. Um, and they sort of just found their identity again. And I guess the big question is, how do they sustain that? Well, and the unpredictability of the cinch, Scobie, this was it is keeping that intensity up. And I always go back to in Scottish football, is there's, a, there's a reason there's a lot of players playing in the cinch, and it's because they're not consistent enough. A lot of them can hit the correct level of performance, but the reason that they don't play for, say, a Motherwell or an Aberdeen or a Hearts and not a Liverpool or Manchester City is because they have no consistency in their game. And that is the, why the cinch is quite so wonderful and mad. Um, so, you know, we'll have to see how they get on. They've got Dundee this weekend, so you, you've got to fancy them there. Yeah. I th- you have to, but again, we just don't know. So, you know, Tony Watt is the mainstay in this team. I tell you what, though, Scobie, someone who has just popped up on my radar, uh, and he's actually joint third in the league on number of assists, mm-hmm. and that is Sean Goss. Yeah. Not um, a name I think I've ever talked about on the pod. No. And it's nice to get to, you know, December or whatever it is, and not having talked about Sean Goss. So yeah. shall, is he someone that we should be having a look at? I, I don't know enough about him. I think, you know, we were in a place that, to be fair, the last time we spoke, where we just didn't think Motherwell assets were out of the races and there wasn't any point in... in yeah. I think so. I think the Dundee double header, mm-hmm. uh, particularly that it's Dundee away and Dundee United at home, work, works yeah. really well for them. I think that's another six yeah. points. 
So he's Sean Goss, he's three, he's a midfielder, right? Let's get that's right. He's three million, he's 0.3% owned. So I mean, you know, he haul people on him, but yeah, four assists in his last get this four games. So he's really come on. I mean, he's only just started playing, he's been out, been out injured, he's actually only started playing. Um, in the last six games, so I think that's a really nice little under the radar um, yep. pick. And there you go. That'll be that. That's our. That's got to be our, one of our top tips in this. That's got to be a top tip. I think also I, I sort of fortuitously put in just because I thought you know I needed another filler on the bench, and they had a they could have had a bit of a run later in the later in the month. They also had four games. I put McGabby in, and hmm. Bevis has brought back seventeen points in three games. You know ah. just knocking them out with the clean sheets starting he's 2.5 million and if you look at it, apart from Steve O'Donnell who I assume the 10% of people that own him <laughs> set their team at the start of the season and forgotten it yeah, yeah, yeah. given the fact he's still on minus two and it's the end of November um, mm. and he's played a lot of football yeah McGabby's sitting there on 40 points 2.6% ownership I mean it's crazy and people aren't buying into Motherwell defenders at the moment I think you should be looking Mm-hmm. at least one is your cheaper option on the bench so yeah, yeah. i mean the other the other one is to get to get liam kelly in isn't it i mean he's been he's been brilliant this season though slightly in and out the scotland squads um but a couple of clean sheets against hearts and aberdeen and yep. you know whilst obviously hearts and aberdeen would both have liked to play better he still has made a couple of important saves in those games that 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 gave motherwell that that advantage um of not conceding the goal and and going on to them win the, win the match yeah, he did, he did. And he sort of made up for what was quite a poor performance against us uh, earlier in the season, which kind of mm. started the, the crumble. So, um, yeah, talking about hearts to move on to um, a nice segue there, John. What's the smell? Um, I thought that at the start of November, against Dundee United, we played our best football of the of the year. So the best football I've seen hearts play. I was at that game. Some of the best football that I've seen them play in a long, long time. Five-two victory it could have been seven or eight-one, and, and I'm not joking when I say well, that. Well, I disagree. Seven or eight-one. I think the United could have scored three or four as well. Mm. Craig Gordon had a couple of good saves to make. A couple of good saves, right? We'll give we'll give them two. But there was it was a goal fest. It was, it was a goal fest. I don't know. It was, I, I think this was this was actually the game of the cinch season so far. It was without it doubt was. across across the board. Say that. Um, so, but I, I think you're giving United a slight disservice. I agree, but it could have been eight four. I think it's more the two. One of the goals they scored, um, you know, Edwards hits it from such a distance. I think Gordon just misses it. You know, it's fairly lucky. It's a good strike. The other one was well, deflected. That yeah, the other one's um, defenders to blame comes off his man is where it is. But yeah, some good saves from Craig as we've come to expect. But Hearts were just kind of perfect across the park. Really sort of found our form, our intensity again as well, which has been lacking. You know, and we'd had that sort of series of draws and then we'd finally been beaten. Um, and you were like, right, hearts are back. Then once again, international break. Not that any of our many of our players are even going on international break apart from Gordon. We come back and we're just devoid of energy again. All mm. the attacking intents gone. Motherwell played well to their credit. I'm not going to say that they didn't, but we only created, you know, six shots on goal, um, which is it's his interest as well, because obviously Liam Boyce is better back fit, and he came on in the se- second half, didn't he? So, yeah. I mean, I, look, I, I get why Nielsen went with the same team that, that that smashed up United, but I do think... Yeah, I mean... Nine, I, I think nine times out of ten, Hearts are a better team with Boyce in the, in the side, and I was actually surprised they didn't start him, especially considering the physicality that Motherwell offer. Yeah, I think you're right. But I must say, like, 
Boyce hadn't been playing well for you know a while before he you know was out mm. of the injury. And Janelli looked really good in that role yeah. and, and had a bit more pace and physicality about him than, than, than Boyce does, clearly. So I actually liked what I saw there against the United. So I was all for keeping the team where it was. But um, yeah, it's just a poor one. Um, I don't know where we go. St. Mary giving us giving us an opportunity to put things right at the weekend. But and Jenny. St. Mary did what St. Mary do. In uh, November, John, and that's um, draw. Aye, they're draw merchants. Say that again, sorry. I was just going to say that. I think the Hearts' form this season has been that's been your your strength by an absolute mile, hasn't it? So the home the home form. So I can I can still see a good um, a good resounding result of the weekend. Uh, I think we're going to draw because we're playing some. Similar and love to draw. Um, they have had a they've a league leading seven draws. Um, now and look, w- what do we make of that from St. Mary? I think you know the signs are quite positive, they're quite a solid team, well drilled team, and they don't lose their shape. But they've actually conceded, I think, 22 goals, just not wow. a small number. Um, we kind of think of them as not a particularly high scoring team, um, but then they've actually scored one more goal than Hibbs and Aberdeen have, so they're quite a, kind of hard one to get your head around. St. Mary, and I've, I've probably not watched enough of them this year to get mm. a sense of it, but. Um, I think there's a there's a good team in the making there, and I um, I'm a little bit fearful actually for the weekend. I can yeah. see them being another bit asking for us. I certainly think a draw is likely. So similar in players, um, if we've got to kind of pick out any within the bunch there, who who do we kind of like in that side? Um, is there anyone in there that we're maybe considering um, for for the December run? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it's well, it's, it's my it's my my favourite just now is Connor Ronan. I know McGrath scored an absolute peach, as McGrath does, sort mm. of 30-yard raker against Livy uh, at the weekend. But that was really good. But I really like Connor Ronan. Uh, he's slightly cheaper than McGrath as well, uh, at 3.7 million. So he's he's my shout there, to be honest. But either of those two sort of midfield options, I suppose that's the that's where the that's where the draws come in. And uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I, I brought in um, I brought in Brophy in my, as part of my wild card, and I can kind of ride it out with them. I think there's maybe some promise there. Um, as I say, they've got some nice fixtures coming up. They've got Ross County, Aberdeen, who I think you know can concede as we can, as we've seen, and Hibs after that. So they'll fancy themselves in those games. Um, Brophy had had that big game against uh, Motherwell, hadn't he? Fifteen points, two mm-hmm. goals, um, just a few weeks ago. He's been quiet since naturally, since I brought him into my wild card. But, um, yeah, I'm going to stick with him. I think, you know, there's, there's definitely um, some some interest. You know, the good thing, I think, about um, Brophy for a striker is he's actually started every game this season, which is um, quite rare. The only other ones have done that in the league, I believe, or two, is Tony Watt and Christian Ramirez. Yep. So, you know, if, you, if you're going for that striker, you're probably not wanting to be you transferring these guys out all the time. You want guys that are just going to be in the team, playing up front, and maybe score a goal every three games. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And uh, the other two you've mentioned there, you know, are my other two strikers, and I think mainstays of a lot of people's team. Christian mm. Ramirez, is the man who's uh, constantly doubtful in fantasy um, yeah. football scholars. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Just, oh, he's playing again. There's just no way. If uh, like the, I think uh, Neves hit the point in the head when he was on the pod a few weeks ago, like. 
if it, he's so central to the way that Stephen Glass wants to play, he's going to start every game unless unless he's got his um you know boys hanging out or something. <laughs> well, Aberdeen looks like they turned it around at the end of October, didn't they? Those oh yeah, two wins and a draw. The good old days are coming back. Here we are, Stephen Glass's revolution, and then they had an absolutely terrible November. Um, losses that happened. Motherwell has mentioned, and then also Dundee United. Um, who were fresh off the back, as we'd said, of a mauling at the hands of Hearts. Who can tell what's going to happen in the Sims this year, eh? Yeah, but the glass was shattered everywhere, and then he seemed to put it to get back together with some sellotape. And uh, aye, beaten by Motherwell 2-0 again. Kevin Van Veen just loves scoring against Aberdeen. Loves it. He absolutely loves it. Budget Bergkamp, or maybe the real Bergkamp. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, look, United, the, the, the decision of, of sending Ojo off after getting uh, pushed by a fan um, will grab all the headlines. And it's an absolute disgrace that he got sent off for it that. Is. I know, you know, in the laws of the game, apparently it's a booking, but the guy shoved him, assaulted him. Yeah. And then he, Ojo looked, stepped forward and went, just what, what the fuck are you doing? In a completely fair way. And then walked off and then got fucking sent off. It's a disgrace. Absolutely disgrace. Anyway, that is not the point of this pod. What I think it has done actually is um, papered over or at least covered up the scrutiny that would be under glass otherwise. Because mm. don't forget, United were down to 10 men as well. So the whole second half was played 10 v 10. And Aberdeen again created very, very little and, and lost the game. And that's now, you know, two wins in 15 games, in the last 15 games for Aberdeen. It's, it's, a, it's a really bad run. Unacceptable, isn't it? Well, you've got a nice easy fixture coming up. This, oh no, you got Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be two and sixteen then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, oh yeah, December you've just got nine games and a pretty thin mm-hmm. squad. So um, yeah, the, the, the injuries are really mounting up. I think we're all holding off for Calvin Ramsey to come back, but he's not going to be back this weekend and might not be back again. So that's the value in him is just going down in my team and I'm still considering whether to sell him or not. Um, just, there is a lot of injuries there for Aberdeen as well, which is an issue. So, I mean, they're a complete avoid just now. Christian Ramirez, however, you know, as we just said, he's, he is a viable fantasy yeah. football Scotland asset. I think you have to, I think you have to, and the, yeah, needs this point was a great one. I think anyone that's been consistently at this point, um, in a, in a team that's got capacity to win games, which is every team in the cinch, um, you know, just, uh, it's making life hard for managers here, um, knowing knowing where to kind of invest, where to move your move your money around. I'm sure a lot of people are probably looking to do the wild card before we come into December as well and uh, get those teams sorted. So if you are bringing your wild card, please do always send them in on the old Twitter. So it's oh yeah, where people are going with them. I don't think anyone would be as rude to people as they were to you, Scobie. Well, yeah. exactly. All well, and then I had a very good week after my wild card. It's going all right for me. It's sort of right at the ship until Martin Boyle's. Uh, oh, that was Scobie's deep dive. Hope you're all awake, and let's get into part three. Welcome back to part three of this week's Fantasy Fit by Pod. This is the part where we've gone to Twitter and asked some questions. Our loyal follower and interactive uh, man, Richie, has been in touch. And Scobie, he is asking for our best defender option for three million or less. Mm. It's a good question. 
It's a good question. I'm I'm trying to not um not go for the obvious. Um mm-hmm. because you know Alex Cochran obviously sticks out. But I will say for Cochran, he's been mighty inconsistent. Um so do you know what someone that sort of snuck in there uh consistently playing at Dundee United, who we know of as a very good defense? What about Scott McCann? Yeah, 2.8 million, only 3% owned, nice differential, 53 points he's sitting on. I mean, he's played just about every game week minute since week five. Um, quite a nice option there if you're going to go somewhere that someone less. And, and actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and say have a look at some of the Motherwell player defenders as well. I've made the case for um for Bevis, um, but Ricky Lammy comes in at 2.6. Like how you and Bevis are on first name terms, that warms my heart. Me and Bevis. <laughs> um, over Ricky Lamy as well 2.6 million 1.3% owned so some yeah. nice differentials out there um, but yeah good question who would you go with John? Fit Fit alright um, well we didn't chat about um, Livingston at all just there and you know Nicky Devlin who got two goals last season you know slightly overshadowed by John Guthrie's excellent goal scoring record at the back mm-hmm. he did score at the weekend against St Mirren he is only, uh, well, he's under three mil, 2.7 million. Very low owns, but, you know, we'll start every game for Livingston. And maybe this, this goal here has given him a slight taste of, 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 the, of his name and lights. And Livingston actually have a pretty good record at home to Rangers, just like they've got a good record at home to Celtic. Like they've got, um, they're quite good at upsetting the apples there. And, you know, with Van Staunchhorst coming to town for the first time, could could Livy, you know, hold a, a, a clean sheet there? And if you get through that, then Livingston's run is is not the worst. You know, they've got Aberdeen, which we said is easy. You know, they've then got Hearts at home, and Hearts don't travel well. It's a very good point. And they've got that. They're at the point, I think. So, so there you go. Nicky Devlin of Livy uh, would be my shout to get in. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, I think that answers it. I think we've covered it off that. That pretty well. There's a lot of good options there. Um, yeah, shape your budget around. Definitely look for some of the under three million options. Yeah. Lots so of. Then, it then just gives you it just gives you license to get those big hitting Celtic midfielders in, which I think is basically what we're all trying to to yeah. budget for, isn't it? Definitely, I think that's the name of the game at this point in time. Absolutely. If it's not broken, don't fix it, John. No. Well, my team's definitely broken, so it always needs fixing. <laughs> a wild card to do. a distant memory now oh god give me another one give me another one uh, ah. wait I'll have to wait until until the split um, well we have we look at where the league um, is at the moment oh tell me what's been happening well do you know what I actually can't give you the current league because it's still updating so um, oh, it's really right that we that we call it good performances from last week obviously last week was uh, was was that sort of mad scoring uh, pod week, um, league week as well. So, yeah. top of the league, continuing to lead the league as Dortmund 5 0. Daniel Galan, he was on 856 points at the last count last week. So, well done to him. Now, this one was interesting though. I'm sure former pod guest James Kettlewell thought that he was going to be getting a shout out, and indeed he is. 112 points. I think he thought he was going to have that uh, that top week 
uh, trophy on his mantelpiece. But no, he was pipped by one other person in the league. 113 points. King Rib, two rolls. Nick Jarvey, 113 points. That is a haul of points. Jeez, oh. Played his bench boost. This is interesting. Played played his bench boost and he got zero points from it. Um, But still top scorer. Jota, Furahashi, Aribo, Kelly, Ralston, you name it. Quality. He had it. But yeah, Ketz, well done, Miles, as well, mate. 112 points, having a stonking season um, in FFS, at least. Fit fine. Well, there we go. Next time we speak, John, might even be December. Aye, it might be, because we must just beware of the turnaround on next game week. It is Tuesday uh, night kickoff, 7.45, so the chances of us getting a pod in on Monday night <laughs> are pretty slim. Yeah, I mean, we're, we, we try our best, but that one, that's a tough ask there. Um, but yeah, lots of football that we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna feast on this festive period. I'm looking forward to it. Um, it makes Christmas Christmas. So yeah, good times. Uh, John, it's been a pleasure as always. Yeah, it has, Charles. It has. It's been good speaking to you. <laughs> Hope we didn't bore you too much in part two. Nah, it was, it was good. Like it was decent. Uh, all the best for the for the weekend listeners. And thanks for thanks for listening as always. <laughs>